0: Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for October 9, 2019. I'm teaching a series entitled Grace and Truth. This is part 23 of the series. Um, I have a lot to say today, so I, I want to jump straight into it. Grace and Truth, part 23. Um, the title of today's message is Don't Water Down the Gospel with Human Performance. You're going to see what the Apostle Paul was talking about. If you're going to continue to introduce human performance to the gospel of God's grace, you are going to water down the gospel and you are going to hinder your ability to truly believe God. Let's see what we mean. So once again, the two foundational scriptures that uh, I've been sharing for this series are John 1 and 14, John 1 and 17. Let's read those. John 1 and 14 says, the word Jesus became flesh and he made his dwelling amongst us. Now we were able to behold his glory. It was the glory of the only begotten of the father who came full of grace and truth. Jesus came full of grace and truth. In verse 17, the apostle John said, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law was given through Moses and he was like, well, we lived under that system for a long time, but now grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. This is a whole new system. The writer of Hebrews says that it's a better covenant and it's based upon better promises. So we studied Galatians chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5. Yesterday, we stopped at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 10. Today, I want to read for you verses 11 and 12. I'm going to read them to you from the Message Bible translation. This is what the Bible says. As for the rumor, Paul says, as for the rumor that I, Paul, continued to preach the ways of circumcision as I did in those pre Damascus. Damascus Road days. He was saying like in my BC days, in my before Christ days, I preached circumcision, right? Because that was part of the law. But for as for the rumor that I, I continue to preach that today, he said, man, that's absurd. Why? If I was preaching that, then why would I still be persecuted? He says, I'm being persecuted by religious people because I'm not preaching that. If I were preaching that old message, then no one would be offended with me. And even when I, if I just mentioned the cross now and then, then the gospel would be so watered down that it wouldn't matter one way or the other. He says, why don't these agitators obsessed with circumcision go all the way and castrate themselves? He's like, man, instead of just cutting off the foreskin, go all the way, cut the whole thing off. He was like, if you want to go that, that way, cut the entire thing off. I mean, that's how upset he was about this. I mean, just think about the apostle Paul writing this, putting pen to paper as he's led of the Holy Spirit to say this. So what does this mean to you today? Because there's a lot in those two verses. I have three things to share with you on this morning that really, I mean, this is actually very important. Now, as I was thinking about this message, as the Lord gave it to me this morning, this has to be one of the, the most important things I've ever taught. So I have three things to share with you this morning. Let's get into these three things. Here we go. Number one, while the apostle Paul was writing to the believers in Galatia. There was a rumor going around in Galatia that Paul was for circumcision, for non-Jewish converts to Christianity to be circumcised. So basically what was happening was that the, the Jewish converts to Christ, who of course, every male child who was born a Jew was circumcised on the eighth day, so these guys who were Jewish converts to Christianity were going around telling people that were never a Jew that were now in Christ, hey, all the men, you have to be circumcised. And then they started to rumor and said, well, you know, the apostle Paul is actually for this anyway. Paul is, is sanctioning this type of activity. And so they were lying and saying that Paul is for this. So when Paul visited Southern Galatia and he planted the church there, his message was clear. It was salvation by grace and grace alone. Paul preached that you can only be righteous by faith in Jesus Christ. That's it. And not the works of the flesh. But now that he's gone and he's no longer there, there were religious Christians. You ever met religious Christians? There were religious Christians there who were former Jews who wanted to get all the Gentile converts to Christianity to get circumcised. And so they started a rumor that the Apostle Paul was in support of this practice. And Paul, when he found out about it, he was furious. He said, no, that's absurd. He went on to explain that the only reason why he was being persecuted by religious people, those in, in Judaism's religious system was because he was against it, he was against the law, he was against works, he was preaching the message of the cross and salvation by grace and grace alone, and this message of the cross and salvation by grace and grace alone is an offense to religious people. Religious people who invest a great deal of time and energy and effort into their works, attempting to do right so that they could be right with God, these people get really, really offended when you tell them that their works can never make them right, they will fight you tooth and nail in support of their religious practices. You ever met anybody like this? I mean, they fought Jesus, they fought Paul, and they will fight you. If you start talking about God's free and unearned grace, oh my God, you talk about some people that get really offended because they're like, hey, wait a minute, stop. I go to church Sunday after Sunday, I go to church Wednesday after Wednesday, or Saturday after Saturday, or Sabbath after Sabbath, and they're like, no, 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 I do this, and I do that, and I do this, and I do that, now who are you to say that God would just bless people because he's good? No, God blesses me because I'm good, not just because he's good, and you know what, these people are religious, And, and, and they get really, really upset when you start preaching the gospel of grace, and so Paul fought back. Paul was like, okay, fine. You guys want to go there? He said, well, i tell you what, you keep pushing for circumcision. So if you want to go there, don't just stop at the foreskin. (laughs) This guy's crazy. He said, cut off the whole penis there. If that's what you want to do, castrate yourselves if that's what you want for your errant beliefs. Now think about, this is the apostle Paul being led of the Holy Spirit to write something that's in the Bible and look at how upset he he was. And so if he felt so strongly about this, then this is a message that cannot be ignored. This is something that we have to pay attention to. We cannot add law to grace. is going to water down the gospel. Number two, Paul warned what I just said, that mixing law with grace um, is going to water down the gospel. He says, if I were, Paul says, if I were to preach that old message... Of circumcision and works and salvation by works, then no one would be offended if I just talked about the cross every now and then. But then the message would be so watered down that would it wouldn't even matter. It wouldn't matter. The message would be so watered down that it wouldn't matter. I would be preaching nothing if I preached law and grace. Paul's point was that here's this point. He says that if you add, it's kind of like what he said earlier in the letter. Earlier in the letter, he said. If you add a little lie to the gospel, right, then that little lie is going to infect your entire belief system. He he likened it to a little bit of yeast that you put in a big batch of dough. He says, you put a little bit of yeast in the big batch of dough and you say, oh, this is just a little yeast. It's okay. It's not a big deal. But no, that little bit of yeast will permeate throughout the entire batch of dough. If you say, oh, it's okay. I, I believe in God's grace but I have just a little bit of law, you know, still kind of stuck in me. That's okay. No, that little bit of law is going to infect your entire belief system. If you hold on to a little bit of the law deep down in your heart, then deep down in your heart, whether you acknowledge it or not, you're thinking that you're only right if you do right. That you're thinking that you have to perform for God's blessing and your reliance on your performance will ultimately hinder your faith. Let me say this again. If you deep down in your heart have a little bit of law and say, well, I believe in Jesus, but you know, I got to do right so God can bless me. Then then that little thing right there, your reliance on your performance is going to ultimately hinder your faith. Why? Because if the level of your faith in God is contingent upon your perceived performance towards God, then your faith will never be strong enough for you to accomplish what God has called you to do because God's call on your life will exceed your performance. God's assignment is greater than anything that you could ever earn or work for. So look at me. You must decouple your faith in God from your performance towards God. You have to because this is the only way that your faith will ever be strong enough for you to accomplish what God has called you to do. If it's based on you, even a little bit, your faith will never be strong enough. You have to decouple it, detach it, and say, I believe God. I believe God wants to do what he wants to do in my life. And so I receive God's grace. I receive God's forgiveness. I receive God's goodness. And Father, I'm open. I'm down for whatever. Whatever you want to do, I'm ready to do it. And it has nothing to do with my perceived performance towards you. It has everything to do with your grace towards me. Number three, and finally, Paul said that if you add a little bit of law to the gospel and to the preaching of the cross, you've watered it down. There won't be any power in it because any gospel that is contingent upon human performance is powerless. Our power comes from knowing that it's not us. Our power comes from knowing that we are not the ones doing it. You don't know anything about God's power until you experience the Holy Spirit flowing through you and you know that you are being used. You are possessed and you are aware of it. You are possessed by God. You are filled with God's Spirit. You're talking But the words that are coming out are not your words, you are transmitting. But you know that you're also receiving and you're only transmitting what you're receiving. You're saying things that you never heard before. You're speaking with wisdom that exceeds your education and experience. You are flowing in power that is beyond human ability. And while you realize that this is going on, you finally realize that you are supernatural. And this supernatural power that is flowing through you has nothing to do with your performance. It is God who is doing it. And it's God is doing it because he's good, not because you're good and you didn't earn it and you didn't deserve it and, and and and, and you are doing it finally because all you did was get out of the way and you died to self and you yielded to God and you believe God. And now God is doing it. And this is the life of faith. And this is how we are supposed to live, where it's all God and none of us, where it's not about us. It's all about him. And it's God flowing through us, doing both to will and to do for his good pleasure. When we get out of the way, then God can use us. And it has nothing to do with the limits or the merits of our performance has everything to do with God. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to really speak this over your life. Say this from a believing heart. Say, Father, I thank you for opening my eyes to your grace. In response, I open my heart to believe without limits. My faith in you is no longer contingent upon my level of performance towards you. Even though I'm not good enough in and of myself, And even though my human performance could never measure up to the size of your assignment, I open up my heart to believe anyway. My faith says yes to your grace. I will no longer hinder your power from flowing in my life because of my lack of perceived merit. I am not worthy of your assignment or your blessing. And I get over it. Jesus was worthy for me. Therefore, I believe you. I'm ready to be used by you in ways that far exceed my performance towards you. The supernatural will flow through me because I'm a believer. It is you, Father, living in me. You give me the words and you perform the work. When people come in contact with me, they come in contact with you. I am a human conduit of the divine. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org and sign up and get the messages. They're going to be a blessing to you. There's a subscribe button there. You'll get all my notes in your email inbox for free every day. So sign up. Listen, this is a very important message. I'm telling you, this What I'm teaching right now may be the most important thing I've ever preached. So you may need to watch this message again. You got to get to the point where you believe God and that you're not hindering your belief system because of your lack of performance or your perceived performance. It has everything to do with him. It's not because you're good. It's because God is good. So enter into this day with your heart wide open to do whatever it is that God has called you to do because he wants to do it. And then do me a favor, before you leave the screen, please share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you. More importantly, God loves you. Have an amazing day.